0: Oh, be done incredibly well to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts go, for Bomby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup.
1: Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for so McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty, short for Pompey. Smashes it past McCormack. Won by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark
0: McNulty. First left blood for Pompey, They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Buntz. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Pompey fans and welcome to po Forecast episode 59. Well it's been some good times Pompey recently, especially in the cups, and joining me today on the podcast, returning again, is Sam Stone. Sam, how are you mate?
1: Uh, good evening Hugh, it's been a while, I think it was before Christmas, well it must have been November the last time I was on, but yeah, thanks for having me back on, talking about all things Pompey.
0: No, mate, it's always good to have you on the podcast. and uh, You've been busy since then, haven't you? You've been, uh, made your debut on Pompey Live and done a few things there.
1: Yeah, it all kind of, uh, around Christmas time, Jake asked me to go on for the Boxing Day game against Wickham, which was quite a big one to do for my first game. And then did the MK Dons one as well, but it's all kind of taken off a bit. And, yeah, I really enjoyed doing it, kind of got used to the pressure. It's a bit different doing it under, like, on a match day. A lot more people listening, a bit more a bit more pressure. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. and. Yeah, hopefully I can get the, get on a couple more times towards the end of the season when Pompey are pushing towards the top of the table.
0: No, nice one, mate. And I really enjoyed listening to it. So uh, yeah, keep up the good work there. Uh,
1: cheers, mate. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. So um, at the start, we're going to go through and review the Fleetwood game. Following that, we're going to go and review the the game that everyone cares about so much against Warsaw. Then we're going to go on and we're going to go through the signings that Pompey have had. We've already got three signings, which is... You know, pretty impressive at this time of year so we'll go through those see, see what we think uh, we put a question out there today rather late from me so apologies for that everyone but you've you've come back with some really good answers and questions and what we want to know is are you happy with the signing so far and where do pompey still need to add to create the squad that can push for promotion and following that we're going to go on and preview the wimbledon game all right sam let's get started Fleetwood. It was a difficult game away from home, wasn't it? Um, I think Fleetwood only lost twice in the league before at home, anyway. But uh, before we played them, and what did you think of the game and the result ultimately?
1: Uh, well, I probably. I'm guessing you were watching it the same as me on like Bet Three Six Five or something like that, some small screen trying to trying to get it as clear as possible. But it just seemed like a kind of a, a typical Pompey away performance from last year, maybe, which could be a positive thing because. Away from home, we've been we've been fairly dreadful <laughs> this season. Like, we're not going to beat around the bush about it. We've conceded sloppy goals. We haven't been clinical enough. This this game, it kind of resembled a bit of last season where we've we've gone we, we scored from a corner, which I I can't remember scoring from a corner this season. I don't know if you can. I'm trying yeah. to remember. No. So we scored a couple of goals from corners, which is always good. It Adds another layer of dynamic going forward. So it was good to see that, and then relatively solid throughout the game as well. It, it was. It's a game where it's it was a bit of a boring tie, but we got through to the next round. Obviously, very unlucky to not get the draw we all wanted in the next round. But again, we've we've got through. It's another winnable game at home, and you know the FA Cup. I I do think it deserves respect if you can if you can get get into the latter stages of the competition. You know, you, it brings in more money, more crowds. Get on a little run; it can help you in the league as well.
0: Yeah, and I think if you look back to games that you know the fans remember and stuff in particular, you had that Norwich away game. Yeah, um, and it's really important. I think if you can get those sort of wins, to you know, can lift the team, can't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. That that Norwich away game was one of the one of the best games I've been to last season. It was. I I was actually sat in the Norwich end, so I could see the Portsmouth fans going mental, and it it was just it was brilliant to see and the atmosphere as well, and. Obviously, we didn't quite get a big draw in the next round as well, but it was, just, it was, it was a bit of a springboard to just kind of mark, up, uh, mark us against the team above as well so we could see how we actually matched up in a, team, well, a Premier League side now. So, yeah, it gets a feel-good factor around the place. You're looking forward to the draw. You know, you're, not, you're not out of the draw and looking at what could have been. Obviously, it's a bit gutting. I think Liverpool were the, one of the last teams in the pot. Along with us yeah. and Barnsley and another side. And it was gutted not to get Them at home would have been amazing. That would have been a night to remember. But again, Barnsley's a very winnable fixture. Connor Chaplin derby. So it will be definitely a winnable fixture. And not one that we can go in, go in with confidence that we win. They gave us a couple of good games last season. I think they're a good footballing side. Good philosophy. But yeah, it's an opportunity for us to get into the fifth round.
0: No, absolutely. I think I'm probably one of the only people in the uh, Pompey faithful who was you know, really excited by the draw um, due to the fact that I work with a load of Barnsley fans and people who have listened to the podcast for a while will know that. So there's a good couple of weeks now of some serious banter going on for me. Um, and I have know about six or seven Barnsley fans now who are going to be travelling down to, um, to see the game. So I know it's not the glory tie everyone wanted against Liverpool, but hey, at least I'm happy.
1: You can get you can get some bragging rights,
0: <laughs> yeah, or or maybe a lot of abuse for the rest of the of the year, but we we'll
1: no, see. I, I think us at home, us at home, they're struggling in the championship, which again does show that the leap up to the championship doesn't it? But they they are struggling lower down in the league, so us at home, I don't think we should fear anyone in the well, anyone at least in the bottom half of the championship coming to Fratton Park.
0: No, I agree. I think it's definitely a really winnable fixture. Um... Yeah, and again, I'm excited for it. I'm um, just going back to the Fleetwood game quickly. You touched on the fact that we scored um, the goals from set pieces, which has been lacking this season, hasn't it? Um, if we can get those good balls into the box, because it has been the delivery as well, isn't it, which has been an issue?
1: We, I, I've just got the stats up here, and it was a, it's a game that was destined to be a nil nil. You know, it was 50% possession each, 13 shots each, three on target each, and the key one here for me is the corners. They had nine corners, we had four. We scored the two of them. So in tight games where they're, you know, there's not a lot in them, set pieces really do come in, come to the fore. And you know, they, the, the delivery from Seddon for the second goal was a great ball in. Burgess knocked down. And Marquis, I will say that he just kind of put... He hasn't scored a good goal for us yet. Like, I can't remember a goal where I've gone, oh, wow. He hasn't scored a good goal for us yet, but he's putting himself in the right spot. And a player who's slightly out of form like he is because he's not nowhere near his heights from last season. But he's just putting himself in the right spot to tap the ball in, keep himself ticking over. And he did that against Walsall last night as well. So, you know, in games like this, where it's so tight, the like the shots are shots on target and the corners really do come into it. Cause they had, tank, they had nine corners and didn't make anything of them. We had four and we ended up getting two goals from them. So it's something that Kenny Jack will be pleased, pleased about.
0: No, massively. And, um, This seems to be a little bit of a conspiracy. I didn't bet on Lee Brown to score, and he scores the other day before he goes (laughs) off injured. And then um, Christian Burgess is my new man. I've been putting um, a couple of quid on, and it's been a couple of times he could have got a goal. And um, fair play, happy to join Marquis for for getting the goals and stuff. But do you reckon those are going in from Burge before he taps them in anyway?
1: I I don't know. I think the defender was on the line. I'm not too sure, but it looked like, it looked like it needed helping over the line, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> it was it was one of them. I know on, online they weren't sure who to give it to, but I'm fairly sure was got there first.
0: No, I'm pretty sure he got there first, mate, <laughs> watching it as well. But um, no, and also, talking about defenders yeah, scoring, James Bolton gets a goal.
1: Yeah, um, it's one of them where he's a big lad. And I think Kenny Jack has mentioned it a couple of times. He, he should be scoring goals, shouldn't he? He's, he's a presence in the box going forward. Along with Burgess, along with um, Raggett as well, none of them seem to be scoring as many goals as they should be from corners. I I will say that that's probably what's annoying Jacket a little bit, is that we should be more dangerous in corners. We're quite a big side. I mean, last year, look at Matt Clark, Jack Watmore, Burgess. These are all big players going forward and and these centre-halves need to be a bit more of a handful in the box. I mean, Burgess. The last few games, he's got a few headers in, which is which is promising and is what we want to see. But these big guys in the box have got to be like they've got to be the main threat from corners, and they just haven't been so far. Not clever enough with their movement, not not reading the ball. No one's got ga- Well, Marcus gambles every now and then, but how many headers are we actually winning from corners? But if we can, the the, the set pieces are massive, and I mentioned it earlier on. But they they in tight games, they just. Provide a team with that edge that can be the difference, and it can, it, you know, one nil wins are what top sides pick up regularly. So, if we can start becoming more dangerous from set pieces, like we have in the last couple of games, it will it will benefit us long term.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree, and it will be when you add in a goal or two here and there every couple of games from a set piece, or you know, for, with a header suddenly you'll start racking these points up, won't you, in these close games as well. And, you know, especially when Pompey need that goal, if we're a goal ahead or,
1: yeah, you know, exactly, we need exact, to just add to that. Exactly. I mean, MK Dons, for me, is a prime example. You know, we dominated the first 35 minutes before they scored. We had a few corners, stuff like that. We just couldn't quite break them down. A set piece can just do that. And if we go on one and up against MK Dons, I don't think they're coming back. It's just little things against Gillingham as well. We obviously, we got the goal in the first half. If you can just nick a set piece, you know, nick a goal, you don't deserve it, but you're just nicking one from a corner and nicking one from a free kick. It makes all the difference. And and we just haven't been doing that enough recently anyway. And I'm I'm sure that's something that Jacket will want us to do more because, you know, he, he prides himself on being defensively solid and having a good threat from set pieces and, and attacking quickly when we do get the ball. So i say we're doing some parts of that right, but it's just that the set pieces need to be, they need to be more consistent delivery and runs and then that that will ultimately cause more more threats to the opposition and more goals
0: no absolutely and um let's you know may hope it conti- may well it continue sort of thing um did you notice when we when we were defending against fleetwood I thought the pressing, I know we conceded a goal uh, late and, you know, everyone was like, Oh no, possibly here we go again. It was probably a bit too late to be worrying about that. But did you notice that we pressed a bit higher than usual? Cause I was watching the game and I thought that Pompey actually pressed a bit more from the front rather than just sort of dropping back completely into that defensive uh, shape that, you know, we all know and dread.
1: Um, yeah, I can, I can agree with that. I mean, it didn't seem like Fleetwood had much time on the ball at all really in the midfield or it, it... Oh, pardon me, sorry. It seemed like it was every time they got the ball, we were on them straight away, especially in the midfield. I will say as well with that game, I did think in the first half anyway, it was played quite a lot of it on the floor, which was nice to see um, as opposed to the ball just being lumped up. I know there's a few times where instead of lumping it up or just like pumping a ball down one of the channels, it was actually played directly into Marcus's feet, onto Harness's feet on the floor which was good to see. I mean, you know, it's one game. I'm not sure if it's going to be a change dramatically, but especially in that Fleetwood game, the ball was knocked about on the floor a little bit, but a little bit patient in possession, which I think fans have been crying out for a little bit, because these aimless lumps up the field are a little bit that they are, they're hard to watch something, they're hard to watch week in, week out. So it was good to see us try something new. Obviously FA Cup's a bit different, a little less pressure, not the added kind of incentive there is in the league. But, you know, I, I would say I do. I do agree with you. I thought that you know, especially in the midfield, they didn't have a lot of time on the ball.
0: No, completely. And I, I thought that was a much improved um, strategy from the team. And when you see Pompey play the ball on the floor, we just look a lot better team, don't we? You're not gifting mm. possession away to the opposition straight away. Um, and we've got the players to play the ball on the floor. Floor, So I, I, need, I think do
1: it. I, I think at home, we, we've been doing it a little bit more. And I think we've kind of seen the rewards in our home form recently. We've I don't know what it seems, Fratton Park, maybe a bit of a bigger pitch, we're used to playing there, but there does seem to be a bit more of a zip when we're playing at Fratton Park, on the floor anyway, away from home we can get dragged into it, and just to lump in it up there, you know, trying to just stay nil-nil till half-time, then trying to force something, but, you know, at home definitely I'm noticing it, and at Fleetwood I did notice it as well.
0: Yeah, you travel a lot home and away, Sam. So do you think there's a distinct difference? Because obviously the form is completely different at home, isn't it, to it is away from home. Do you yeah. think that that's one of the main contributing factors to it? Is it a confidence thing that affects yeah. the
1: style? Yeah, the the away games I've been to, I've I've, I've been to some bad ones. I mean, uh, Wickham and Wickham away was terrible. That, that was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen, but there was just nothing. There was no... We might be a confidence issue. They're too sc- I don't know if it's confidence because you know, in theory, there should be less pressure because you're not playing in front of a massive crowd. But they just were lumping the balls up into channels, no one really chasing them, no invention, no craft, no guile that you'd want that we sometimes see at home because at home there's a little bit more invention. You know, we're, we're trying different things that they're, they're getting the ball into the wide players. Um, Gillingham's another good example. I mean, first half we didn't. We were the better side, but I just think because we had a bit more quality than them, I don't necessarily think we did anything with the ball. We were we were lumping the ball up and, and looking for a bit of luck, and that's how the goal came. It came off. It flipped on, harnessing behind, and then cut back and Evans scored. It was more of just a, a pump it up there. They'll make a mistake. It's, it's not us taking the initiative and going, "Oh, we'll go, we'll go up there, try and play our way, try and develop a, a move, something like that." And we just we weren't doing that. For me, Kenny Jacket this season, his side away from home has been based upon pump it up the field, try and get a, try and get some sort of flick on or then make a mistake and then we're in. Because we've got the players once they're in. We've got quality up there. At home, I, I see a little bit more invention, a little bit more craft. They're trying to break a tie down. And it might be because, you know, you're under a bit more pressure away from home, but I don't know. Th- theoretically, we should set up better away from home because we've got pace going forward. We've got, Harness, you've got Williams, you've got Curtis, you've got Harrison up front. They're all good players and exciting players going forward. So it is a bit puzzling, but it, the away form needs to turn round because at the moment our home form's just about going to keep us around just outside the playoffs. The away if we sort the away form out, you know, we'll be looking up towards the third, second, and first places.
0: No, no, absolutely. So let's let's hope we can take some of this away from, from the cup and sort of push it into the league really that that's that's the hope and yeah uh, maybe at the end of January and you know Jacket's getting some business done at the moment so adding players you know quickly to the team hopefully that should help uh, let's let's briefly touch on Walsall um I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on the leasing trophy games um for obvious reasons but Ollie Hawkins take a bow it was a great performance from Ollie up front um and he just sort of maybe showing Kenny you know why he was starting up front last season
1: yeah, oh, you, you're talking to a person who's who's not a massive fan of him, but then I can see why it works. I mean, last season, yeah, it worked because he had Jamal Lowe and Ronan Curtis in top form. And it, it did work because he, he he sucked players away from the ball. But I think it's a big, I don't know, he, he, by all accounts, he did play well yesterday. I had some problems with I follow, so I couldn't actually watch it. But by all accounts, he did play well. I just think it's a bit of a step back for me anyway, for this side, if we're going to go back to just lumping the ball up to Hawkins and hoping as I said earlier, some maybe a bit of luck, as in the ball flicks back off him or hits someone else. I think we're a better side than that. I don't know. I, I, it obviously, it splits opinion, but I just think when we've got John Marquis, Ellis Harrison, players, you've got a bit of ability with their feet because for me, Hawkins is not the best player on the on the floor in the league, definitely, but it's just, I feel that when, when we've got these players that are actually creative and, and good up front, we should be using them anyway. I just think I'd be a bit of a step back. But then again, it's a good option off the bench. To, Hawkins is a very good option off the bench because he, he adds a different dynamic. But I just don't know as from the start, is it the best idea? And it's a strange one because obviously Jacket and Gallon earmarked him to be a, be a centre-half a few weeks ago. And now they've they've taken a complete... U-turn on that, and now he's playing back up front. So it must be hard for him as world well, front to know where he's actually going to play.
0: No, exactly. I think it is difficult for him, but you know, I think his best position is up front. I think he's a good player to have in the squad. I think yeah, he's a bit yeah. underrated with his feet sometimes. I mean, in that game, for instance, the ball came down. He took it down, took a few players in, and he played a lovely through ball to Marquez, who didn't manage to beat the keeper one on one. Um And I think. He just shows that he can do stuff with his feet. But I do agree. I think it's the mobility for me that sometimes yeah. lacking with Hawkins, you've got someone like Harrison up front or Marcos, he presses quickly, exactly, yeah. provides more threat on the shoulder of the, of the defender, as well as, you know, someone like Harrison has the aerial ability, as well as the ability to to run off the shoulder and, and score from there. But yeah, coming off the bench and especially in the mix, and if you've got some injuries and stuff, having that depth of having someone like Hawkins, I think's you know, important for the team.
1: Yeah, I'd definitely keep him. I'd 100% keep him in and amongst the team. You know, injuries could play a part. You know, for all we know, Harrison and Marcus to get injured and, and all of a sudden he's our first choice striker. So, yeah, I'd definitely keep him. And I think he's an excellent option for off the bench as well. But you did mention Harrison. For me, Harrison's basically Hawkins, but every attribute is 10, times 10 for me. He, he wins more headers than Hawkins. He holds the ball up better. He runs in behind, which is a massive thing. He yeah, can... I, called
0: it, I called him Hawkins plus plus the other yeah, day. yeah, yeah,
1: he, he does everything Hawkins does, but, but he does win. He's one more headers this, this season than Hawkins won in the whole of last, in my opinion. He, he wins everything, and he's mobile. He's quick in behind. He can finish as well. And Hawkins missed some guilt edged chances last year uh, in, in important games as well. Where if it was a Brett Pittman, and Ellis Harrison and John Marcus, it's going in the net, so there was a few things. But for what he does, you know, it's a good option every now and then but I don't think it's a, a you know in the could you see us playing with Hawkins up front in the championship I'm not too sure but he does have good games and he, he does have good games he needs to be a bit more consistent but yeah it's a good option off the bench and and by the sounds of what's Brett Pittman might be on his way so he, he will be in with a shot every now and then
0: no completely and uh, we've talked about the positives of the attackers the midfield etc but the centre-backs in, in both games, and particularly the game against Walsall, they, they looked awful, didn't they? Raggett and Downing, both of them giving away a penalty against Walsall. Raggett just looked absolutely criminal. I don't know how he managed to protest that. I think if, it, if you do that, you just put your hands up and you sort of apologise and shrug it off with the lads. But um, yeah, that's a, for me, that was an awful challenge to give away a penalty. Again, what, what, what could have cost us the game?
1: Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. It's it's an issue now. It, for me, I'm going to make a statement here. But for me, Pompey are centre half from being a very very good side in this league, and I mean automatic promotion side. I'd, I'd probably go as far as to say maybe two centre halves because you don't know. I don't even trust these two if one's injured. For me, I, I genuinely do not trust any either of them to play or to fill in. Um, by all accounts, I saw on Twitter last night that Downing actually had a worse game than Burgess did at Harrogate which for me, I, I don't know how anyone can have a worse game than Bird. Obviously, Burgess has been fantastic for us, and he just had a bad half. But I, d- I don't know how anyone can have a worse game than that. It was comical. So, Downing must have been absolutely dreadful last night. So And then, obviously, Raggett, I, I don't know how he actually moves. Like His legs, I, I, I'm really confused. I, I, he just doesn't look like a footballer. He just looks like he's kind of wandered on the pitch, and he's there. And I'm amazed that he's actually from a Premier League club. Like I, I cannot work that one out. Um, uh, listen, they're not—they're not, they're just players that Kenny Jacket has not. They haven't. They have not pulled like come off in any way whatsoever. They—they they have not been the players that we thought they were going to be. Heard big things about Ragged when he's going to come. No, we he has not. He's had a handful of games. I, I mean, with Ragged I can see there's a player there a little bit. You know, he wins. Headers every now and then. Obviously, Downing's hasn't been out the side, and it sounds like he's just been hung out to dry last night and did not put in a good performance. So, uh, we Pompey need a centre half, and I know it's been. uh, Are we going to talk about it later on? But yeah, I guess there's going to be a few names we're going to band about. But I wouldn't. It's been a great window so far, but I'm not going to get excited until we've signed a quality centre half, and it's not. I can't. I can't get excited until then because with these two at the back. Because Jack Watmore, we can't pin all our hopes on Jack Watmore. Fantastic, fantastic player. But can we pin all our hopes on him coming back? I don't, I don't think so.
0: No, we can't. And I said this before on the podcast to other people who have been on. And the thing is, Jack's a great player, You know, fantastic. Has the ability to be a good championship defender, in my opinion, the way he plays. Yeah, However, definitely. you can't rely on someone to come back from a serious like knee injury and you know, he to get the ground get off and running basically straight away. It's not fair on him either to be have the weight of that, to be yeah, you know, the expectations and pressure. Yeah. So for me, Jack Watmore is just like this extra amazing luxury player you've got. And if he comes in and you know knocks someone else who's decent out of the side, then that's absolutely amazing. But for now we've got to plan on the basis that maybe he can't get up and running and well maybe
1: maybe there. maybe um I mentioned Getting two centre halves, but maybe um, maybe retract that. Maybe one quality centre half that in this league that we need. And obviously, when Jack comes back, have him as like a kind of, kind of as a reserve on the bench. Because realistically, the odds of a centre half getting injured they're they're not as much as you know your wingers and stuff like that. Because they're not they don't move as much. They're not they're not getting as high impact kind of injuries where you get your wingers do their hamstrings and stuff. Centre halves don't tend to do those injuries as much. Touch wood. So obviously jack's one was a bit of a freak injury of his knee he keeps on having it but having jack Watmore more on the bench and a quality centre half i i i just this window will be fantastic if we can get a a, a proper league 1 quality centre half and until that happens this window will not be complete and it won't be a good window until that that is that has been filled i know jack, i know i've seen rumours maybe down and going out on loan but i'd fully back that because it just it hasn't worked for us
0: Let's just transition straight into it then, Sam, from here. It seems like the right point. I think that <clears throat> we we spoke about me and Freddie on a couple of podcasts ago. I think it was, we released it last week, spoke about different defenders who we thought would be, we, we thought would be good targets for Kenny Jacket to, to sign. There are players out there. I think you have to either, you know, spend a bit of money if you want to keep one permanently. And I think for a centre-back, if you're gonna loan players all over the pitch in different areas, this is the place to spend a bit of money and get a really good player in. Is there someone in particular that you've seen out there, Sam, who you think go get him and I'll be happy in this transfer window?
1: Whoa, well, um, I- I've got an interesting one, but I just it's a, I don't know if it's realistic. Um, but I-, I did look into it a bit. Um, obviously, we tried to, in the summer we tried to sign George Edmondson from. Oldham and we actually had a bid accepted for him Mm -hmm. and then obviously he went to Rangers but he's really struggled for first team football at Rangers and but it would just be an interesting one because obviously Steven Gerrard today come out and said that four or five players are going to be going out on loan from Rangers because they've got too many players so it would be interesting maybe to get him on loan obviously it's maybe a bit of an out there one I'm not completely sure on it but it's just one of them where we did actually go for him in the summer, and he was a target in the summer that we were after. So it it, it seems it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they haven't. Oh, I'd be surprised if they haven't thought about it. Maybe because he's still a young player, obviously contracted for a long time at Rangers. So and and Jack and Gerald did come out and say today that he's gonna he's looking to loan some players out. So it's just throwing one out there. Obviously, for me as well, the big one that's been kind of banded around. We have Manny Month from Tranmere. Mm-hmm. It's gone a bit cold at the moment, but. You know, we're not too sure who, where these sources are coming from. I mean, if he'd be a solid signing, I don't necessarily think he'd maybe take the move up to the champ. I don't know. He's only 24 as well, actually. So he's got a bit of time to... He's definitely got time to develop. Um, and then, obviously, there was Aaron Pierre from Shrewsbury that was kind of thrown around. Um, but that, I think they'd both be decent signings at this level that could definitely help the side out. Um, obviously, Mont scored against Watford, didn't he, at the weekend? He so- did, yeah. It, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. It is a tough one. It's trying to find that kind of that. If you're going to sign a player, it's going to be it's got to be someone who's a young twenty four, twenty five, going to be a good asset for the future. You know, or if you're looking for a loan, maybe a bit of a younger player. We don't need a kind of thirty year old, twenty nine, thirty year old who's going to maybe come in not, not and not be one not one for the future, but not be able to develop with us a little bit longer. So. I, 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 what were the names for you? What were some of the names that you and Freddie kind of threw out there to see if I've...
0: Ickway, um, which is a bit of a long shot. We also mentioned, obviously we've gone through Monte, uh, Pierre, etc. But the thing that actually for me that is a little bit challenging now I'm predicting some of these signings is the fact that most of the, the league signings so far have come from loans, haven't they? Rather than purchases outright. I think when we actually got Seddon in, there was 11 transfers made and only one of those was an actual permanent signing. So do you think that the Isles and et cetera, will actually go and spend some money on a centre back? Or do you think it's going to be an absolute unknown player? We don't even know at the moment uh, from a championship side, who's struggling to make it.
1: Um, that's a tough one. I think it, I'd like to think that they're going to get a centre half because I'd like to think there's enough knowledge at the football club, there's enough knowledge in and around it to know that we are, this league isn't very good this year. And, um, you know, it's a very, it's an easy, it's it sh- it's an easier like, league to get out of this year. And we are a centre-half away from that. In my in my opinion, I think if we sign a centre-half, I think we are a serious promotion candidate in this league. We're Attacking-wise, we don't need anything going forward. We've been good going forward. Midfield, we've signed McGeehan, who I think is a fantastic signing and it shows intent from whoever managed to pull that signing off. That's excellent business. Well, a loan signing, but still thought of some championship clubs for that. So for me, we are a centre-half away and the Eisners would be foolish. I'm not saying they are. I'm I'm a big fan of them and everything they're doing. I think it's excellent, building slowly, not throwing stupid money at it. However, the sake of a, you know, we we got enough money in the summer from the sales of matt clark and Tranmere are wanting around 300 what is it uh, 750 thousand for mom or around, yeah. around that number yeah i've heard they'll take a bit less as speaking yeah, people so, around the
0: club so, i'm thinking so, half a million plus perhaps
1: half, half a mil you know half a mil to get a decent league 1 centre half who's actually who's 24 as well's got some time to kind of develop i don't think that's i don't think that's a bad Bad signing, to be honest. I, I don't think it's a bad, bad bit of business because getting out of this league is is much is so much more important than you know being frugal about money at this point. I think we don't we only need a centre half. We don't need anything else this window for me. We do. I don't think. I think we're covered everywhere else. It's just a centre half and and uh, sort of lost my train of thought. Uh, what was I was going to say, oh yeah, looking at the championship this year. Uh, look at the bottom four. Barnsley, Luton, Wigan, and Stoke. I do not want to be, I don't know about anyone else, but the league next year is going to go up a level in, in uh, it's going to go up a level again in, in the quality of the, of the league. It's going to be, you know, the same as two years ago with Wigan and Blackburn. It'll be a similar standard league to that. So for me, anyway, this is our best opportunity to get out of this league since we've been in it. And it would be stupid not to go and get what we need, which is a centre-half, until it, it, while, while the opportunity is there. There is no one in this league that I've gone, oh, wow, they're a good side. L- literally no one. You know, Oxford for a little bit, but I thought we were better than Oxford. Peaceborough, we were better than them. Wickham, we battered them. Uh, where was the other one, Ipswich, were poor. So mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is there for the taking. And if Pompey do not go and get a quality centre-half, it is every single fan has a right to be absolutely fuming because we cannot continue it, you know Downing may have been a good player and Raggett may have been a good player on a different, in a different universe but right now they are not good enough and I will be fuming if we have not adequately signed someone who's going to slot straight in you know you may go and you already said a youngster from a championship club uh, how, are they, how do you know they're going to come and slot in straight in to, to, to a pulse of pressure it's a pressured environment I i i will be fuming if we don't, because so far the window's been excellent. We've addressed everything, every other position that we met we set, you know, left back was an issue. Centre mid wants some backup in there and we've got some quality backup in there now. And all but it's just the centre half issue. I, I I'm I'll be gutted if we don't, because it is a real opportunity this year. Sorry, my little rant's over.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think that's... No, it's great. I'm, we're, I'm in complete agreement, mate. Complete agreement. Um, and, you know, if people want to listen to a very lengthy breakdown on players who went on and had a look at for the centre-back position and right-back position, go listen to the previous podcast of me and Freddie. It's about... I think you start about 30 minutes after us going through the season review and goes on for an hour and into an hour and 20. So we really broke that down. But as well as the centre-back position, do you feel we need a new right-back? Yes.
1: Um, I, I if it's going to detract from us getting a quality centre half, then no. Um, if it's as well, take, Sam, as well. Yeah, no, in the sense that so if it's going to mean we're going to get a lesser centre half, so it's, say they're going to put money into getting a right back, it will put more. Like the, what I'm saying is, so I would want their full efforts to be on a centre half and getting the best centre half possible, as opposed to say fifty fifty. You know, we're going to get look at. Look at a centre half, then look at a right back because I think Bolton and Walks can slug it out between them to the end of the season. I don't think I feel they're both kind of capable enough. Probably not the quality we need, but I do feel that they can just do a job there. As opposed to left back, where we had no natural left footer, where it was a bit of it was essential. And at the start of the window, I would have said that the the three, three positions we needed were. Centre half, a left back, and a centre mid. And if you if we'd signed three players in the transfer window, and it was just them three, I'd be content. They're quality signings. The first two look quality signings, and then it's just on this third one. But I don't know for right backs. So I feel that Bolton and, and and Walks can kind of just fight it out between them up in up until that point. And if you get another right back in, you probably have to ship one of them out because you know it's getting you know. This, how many players do you actually have in the squad? Because we've got quite a lot of depth.
0: Yeah. Hopefully you can ship out some of the defenders. I think there's a possibility that we can ship Downing out.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, we didn't fee, pay a
0: fee for him as well, which helps. Yeah, but he,
1: we signed him on a two-year contract, didn't we? So that's that might have to be an issue, but I, I'm not too sure. It, uh, whoever uh, Down, Downing, uh, I'd look at Downing going out, and, and for me, if Rag, if we can end Raggett's loan as well. And, and that means we can get something else in, then I'd definitely be up for that because neither have been anywhere near up to scratch. When you look at what Matt Clark was like for us.
0: Mm, no, completely. I actually think we do need a right back personally, mate. I think we we look... I think our model, you see how much success we're having, even these couple of games, putting someone like Seddon on the left who gets forward, puts balls in the box. And I think that if we have a bit more balance on that right-hand side with a player who can actually add that extra whip, um, make, make the, the run past... Marcus Harness or Williams or will whoever's on there. I yeah. think you'll see us getting a lot more goals going forward. I, I do um, think your point's valid, that we need to concentrate on a centre-back. Um, if we can get a good centre-back in, then I don't see why we can't get a right-back and balance it from there. I, I personally yeah. think that if you look at some of the stuff that's going on, I saw for this from Will Rooney in the news, and I think this is very unlikely. And, and Pompey have apparently in- inquired... Um, about getting George Tanner, who's um, at Man United. He's been on loan this season um, down with Morecambe. Um, he's looked really good. But there is interest from an absolute host of clubs, including Blackburn, Derby, New York Red Bulls, as well as Salford, <laughs> who've just got too much money to spend. From,
1: from Morecambe to the Big Apple.
0: <laughs> That's it, mate. New, But then again, you know, Anton Walks went out to Atlanta uh, and I spoke to the guys down at um, Atlanta Radio down there. And they said to me, you know, he's great. He's come on loads. You know, his quality. He's playing uh, in front of absolutely huge amounts of, uh, of of players. Of sorry, players. Huge amounts of fans for a team that have gone on and won the MLS, I believe. And there, it's it's an interesting one, really, isn't it? Because I think yeah. you get a, people get a lot more time on the ball in the MLS.
1: Uh, referring to walks, uh, the right back issue as well. Um, for me, I don't know. I. I'm a big fan of Walks, and I actually mentioned this when I was on Pompey Live as well. I thought he's, i think he's filled in really well at left back when he's, which is completely out of position as well on his wrong foot. And against Ipswich, he was well, sorry—against Wickham, he was one of the better players on the on the pitch. And the same against Ipswich as well. he, he you know, you mentioned a player who can get down the outside. I, I people, a lot of people don't see it, but Walks is actually one of the most athletic players in our side. He's got a real turn of pace. He's strong. Obviously, technical abilities are lacking a little bit, but maybe potentially play him on his right side, at right back. I do feel he's got that, that mobility and pace on Marcus Harness, definitely.
0: No, I think so. I think the thing is, if he can transfer the form he's had playing at left-back onto the right-hand side, I don't see why he can't be a good player. With walks, it's always been the couple of key errors he's given away Um Lapses of concentration, being it's out a... of position, little things like that. But you know, most of the game, I think he looks fine. And then suddenly, it's little <laughs> things like that. But he seems to have actually polished that up better, hasn't he? In the, it's in a strange the one. Race. Yeah,
1: it's a strange one because that it's on the it's it's on the left hand side where he's actually got better. Even though it should technically be harder for him because he's you know he's he's on his weaker foot, but he seems to have been a bit more. Uh, every time I've seen him, he, he's looked solid, athletic. That's the thing I'm trying to get through. He's athletic. He's, he's a real unit when he gets going and, and he's got a real turn of pace as well. And I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the fastest players in our team. If They did a, they did a, uh, like a speed run or something. I think he'd come out on top. They should he, do that. Yeah. I, I genuinely think he's, he's probably the fastest player. If, if you, you wanted me to put money on, I put it on walks. I, I just think he, he's got a turn of pace that people don't notice often enough. And, he could be that person who gets beyond Marcus Harness because if you give someone like Harness space by an overlap, give him another bit of some more time, he's he he will unlock defenses and he's been doing that. You know, he he's got a few assists in his last game as well. So but I, I do fully get your point about, you know, it would be nice to have, you know, a Steve Seddon at right back as well. Mm-hmm. But but it is just tough. It is tough because I, I do feel the centre half. Obviously, the centre half is the issue that needs addressing more than anything because the two players that are there now are just inadequate and they're not good enough. As opposed to Bolton and Walks, you know, in an ideal world, we want someone who can get who can just dart beyond the right, the, the fullback, get up and down every game, be solid defensively. But for me, Bolton and Walks, they can just do a job there for the moment. If it means we get in a quality centre half.
0: No, quality centre half has got to be the absolute priority, isn't it, mate? Um, yeah. Let's just let's just um, go on through the signings we've made so far. Then, so transfers in. Obviously, uh, we just touched on Seddon there. So, let's start with the man. Let's start with Seddon. Um, obviously, he's come in from from Birmingham on loan. Um, he actually had two assists in four games for them already, which just shows you know he's got that ability. I know quite a lot of Birmingham fans are quite sad to see him go out again, actually on loan. Um, which mm. is always always yeah, a good always a good sign, too. but his delivery already looks you know impressive, doesn't it? As well as his athleticism, and I think he's going to make an absolutely massive difference on that left-hand side. Are you concerned that Kenny Jackett came out and said that he sees him as potentially a a, a winger, effectively, when Lee Brown or Houndstrip comes back into the side, or is that just him babbling again with you know, um, probably op- opening his mouth when he shouldn't really to the fans?
1: I, I did actually read the article and it got blown out of proportion a little bit. I, 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 get, I get where people are coming from. In my opinion, he's a left back player there. Like, I'm, I'm the same as everyone else. However, the article was a little bit blown out of proportion in the sense because Jacket, actually, Jacket said, obviously, Brown and Houndstrup are going to be back in February. So, <sighs> uh, or start of February is Houndstrup when he's going to be back. And I rate Houndstrup highly, especially playing at left back. So, and I think he's come on this season quite a bit. So I think he's a good option to have at left back. But Kenny Jackett just said that potentially in the future, if Houndstruck comes back into left into left back, Seddon may be a good option to have in midfield as well. So he's a good, good position, good player to cover a couple of positions. Um and obviously, yeah, he he, he reminds me of Dion Donahue, the way he kind of strikes a ball. Uh, similar technique. Um it seems to be left footers always have a better better whip on the ball I don't know why it just always seems that they're you, you know all the best kind of corner takers free kick takers always seem to be left it's a bit of a strange one but um yeah he adds a bit of balance and and the the goal for, uh against Walsall the other night uh that was a great ball in so yeah I, I get where you're coming from about you know fans being frustrated but I don't think he's going to put him in <coughs> mid, midfield unless we've actually got adequate cover at left back I don't think that will, will be an issue but uh, I can I can see you know I don't necessarily think he's going to get in in front of the midfielders we've got at the moment that's 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 the bit that puzzles me like why would you play a, a makeshift left uh, well a left back in midfield when you've got Andy Cannon, Ben Close, Tom Naylor and Cameron McGeehan so it, it doesn't make sense to me but you know at left back I think he's a really good option.
0: Yeah so do I all I hope is that um, whoever gets that left back starting role is based on form, really. That's mm. that's all I'm asking for.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, Kenny Jacket loves Lee Brown, <clears throat> and you know, you know, he's got experience and he he was good for us last season. So he hasn't had his best season, but you know, Kenny Jacket would always always like Lee Brown. And you know, I don't think he should change a winning formula though. If 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 Brown comes back and Townstrip's fit, but say we've won every game up until they get back. I don't I wouldn't change anything.
0: The only thing you might say with Jacket is that he might keep the winning formula rather than tinkering it. We'll we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Um let's move on. Um the, the next player obviously we signed um Rico Hackett Fairchild. Um attacking midfielder from Bromley. Eight goals, twenty-three games. This one was definitely out of left field, wasn't it? Um we found out today in the news that apparently Pompey triggered his 100,000... hundred Release clause, so Bromley club. didn't actually have a, actually have a, a choice in that. So he actually had a clause in his contract allowing him to go. Someone came in with a so club a record,
1: figure, club record for Bromley.
0: Well, fair plays to Bromley. That's all I can <laughs> say. They, they took they took a punt on a player, you know, from from Charlton who was out of favour, and uh, they've got a hundred grand for it, which I'm sure will go a long way um, for them money wise, yeah, anyway.
1: At, at non-league, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. But um, no, that's a good turnaround is six months for the club, isn't it? But what do you think of him? I know he played the other day um, in the Leasing Trophy. He, he obviously picked up a bit of a niggle. I think it was after 38 minutes. Looks quite bright before them. Mm. My concern with this really is, um, you know, we could be completely far out on this and he could be the next Jamal Lowe's Pompey are trying to put out on Pompey Twitter and the club seems to be promoting. But we don't have an under-23s development side. And if he's not going to make it into the team and just sit around warming the bench, is that a good addition or do we need to send him out on loan, maybe to a League Two team?
1: Mm, it's a, yeah. That you've actually made a very good point there because not everyone's a Jamal Lowe. You know, Jamal Lowe in his first season for us played a handful of games after January, and obviously in uh, uh, so when we got to um, the Notts County Cheltenham game, that's when he kind of came on and really made a name for himself, made him a club hero, the goals at Notts County. Um, But, you know, I I can, I get where you're coming from because non-league's always a punt and it's a bit of a gamble. And Jamal Lowe come with a very, very good reputation. Obviously, a few leagues lower down than where we've got uh, Hackett Fairchild from. So, he was playing for Hampton and Richmond Borough, which are a couple of leagues below where Bromley are. Bromley are actually near the top of the National League. So, you know, I can I can see I can see the um, I can see the the intent behind the move. He's only 21, and I think that should be taken into account. Which may be why a loan move might be a good idea if you can't break into the side this year. Louis Dennis, we signed from Bromley, come with raving reviews from him, and I actually liked him as a footballer. I thought he was an excellent, very really tidy footballer. Natural ten, a natural ten, but it doesn't fit in Jacket's system, and I think he was unlucky. But I, I I was a real fan of him. I, I like footballers like Louis Dennis. They're 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 classy, you know. Trying to make things happen, good pass of the football he's, he's one. I'm a big fan of players like that. And I thought he was a bit unlucky at Pompey. But he was 26 when we signed him. You know, this this guy's only 21. I think he's just turned 21. So he's got a lot mm-hmm. of time. So he's got a lot of. He's, I'd say he's got two three years to kind of develop and then. You know, that's where we go, right, is he good enough? Is he not? Jamal Lowe, we signed him at a similar age. And, you know, and look, look what he's got on to do. He, he, when we first signed him, Jamal Lowe took two three seasons to really turn into the player he is today. First season was in League Two, got promoted. And then he was kind of just, a. you know, he was good for us, but not the player he was last season. Last season, he was one of the best wingers and he was the best winger in the league. So it's just you know, give him time. I think it's a clever it's a it's a signing for the future, you know, we, we seem to pick up pick up non league kind of players every now and then. You know, I can see the intent behind it, but you you are right about the under twenty threes thing. It's a strange one because <clears throat> if we because we don't have an under twenty threes, it's like does he actually is he gonna develop enough? I know I know we have the Premier League Cup thing, the reserves thing, but you know, it's it's nowhere near as much pressure as a league game. But, you know, it, it, he might he might come on and become He might develop really quickly. We never know. But he hasn't come with the reviews that Louis Dennis had or Jamal Lowe had. Um, You know, I hope it's not another Nicky Cabamba situation, but (laughs) you never know. Yeah,
0: I think the thing is without a U23 team and everyone, you know, follows us on Twitter and stuff knows my opinion of the fact that we should have a U23 team. And I actually asked Mark Catlin and Kenny Jackett, was there a footballing reason, not a financial reason? Um, for not having an under 23s team and they they answered it on basically by saying we know we've got one of the most productive academies in the country and all this malarkey and they believe in the loan system and you know they they think that's a different model and the approach they want to take but for me if you don't link up an academy side with an under 23 side it's not an either or it's not a you can loan players out to non-league or you can have a U23 team. You can have a U23 team, then you can loans for those players out to non-league for short periods to get that experience that they're getting anyway. In our model, yeah. The real but, issue is is got to be funding, surely. Yeah, and no, yeah, Logistics, which is basically the fact that we don't have a pitch they can play on, basically, on in yeah. on Portsmouth at the current uh, setup.
1: I I I I'd probably with you there. I, I think if we had the fin- finances and funding to to actually to do it, I think they would. Um, for me, there there isn't a there isn't a footballing reason why you wouldn't do it, is there? Because it, it it can only help. But I can completely understand the financial reason behind it because you know it's a pitch. You know it's maintaining that pitch, more travel. You know where they're going to play. It, there's all that. You know there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of finances are going to football that people don't notice or know about. So I, I, I do get it, you know, and I'd rather that that money went towards us getting, you know, the first team getting promoted. But, but then again, it all kind of goes, it goes swings and roundabouts. Cause if you develop these players, they help the first team, you get promoted, develop these players, you sell them on. It, it's a strange one. It's a kind of a, you know, it could, there's a lot of arguments for and against, but I, yeah, it is an interesting one, but you know, he's 21. I think a lot of people were writing him off going, I can, my, my dad, for one, he always he was like, Why aren't we signing players going to get us promoted? You know, uh, the, what are the chances of him actually playing regularly, getting us promoted? I'm not too sure. He's definitely one for the future. You know, let's give him a chance.
0: It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? And that's one of the things that Mark Catlin said. He said, Well, you know, these players will take three, four years to possibly make an impact into the team. And, you know, we want to be in the championship and will they be able to step up to that? But that's just the nature of football and how you develop these players, isn't it? So you mm. see the championship. Um, teams and Premier League teams—they've got huge amounts of players that go through the system. I mean, you have to—you have to be willing to develop these players to see where they go. And if they're not good enough for you in that league, you sell them off to other play, other teams, don't you? Um, mm. After loaning them out. I, actually, one of the one of the listeners uh, messaged in and cheers for this, mate, um, at Jet uh, GD um, Hawks, yeah. And he said more focus needs to be on funding for the academy or the distinct lack of it. This needs to be discussed. It was a cornerstone of the Eisner's promise when taking over, scant evidence and still funded by the fan lottery, a disgrace of growing proportions. Do you agree with that?
1: Um, I feel that yeah, it's just, no, I don't know. I don't agree with that because I, the Eisners, to I me, mean, I think they've been doing everything right so far. They've been doing everything they said they were going to do. Um, and they did say they were gonna promote the Academy, but I guess it's just a thing on their list that so they haven't kind of got round to doing yet. Um, yeah, the Academy needs it does need a bit more because for me anyway, the only player that the last few years that I've seen that can actually play in the first team is Manoga. That no, no one else that I've really seen I've been like, Oh yeah, they could potentially play in the in the first team. So at the moment he's the only player I'd be like i put money on him being our first choice right back within maybe next season or the season after if he hasn't gone anywhere else. So I do think that the academy... That's does a good use...
0: shout, actually. I should have, um, should have included that in the right back analysis because he actually looks like he could be ready to provide He's some set... pace and some, some attacking talent going forward as well. Yeah.
1: He's 17 as well, which is ridiculous. He's massive. So he, 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 could, he could... Well, I'd, I'd actually put money on him being one of our, our right back. For ne- maybe midway through next season but the academy thing it's its an issue where yeah, I feel that they are getting round to it and, and the Isles are getting a hell of a lot of stick for actually doing what they said they were going to do when they bought the club you know uh, people are all panicking because we've had a bad few months for the start of the season you know and, and social media is a big thing you know a lot of people forget that it's not all on Twitter you know for them and Mark Catlin you know, if you don't go on Twitter, everything is going exactly as they said it would, and I'm sure the academy is on their list. It does need developing because it's a it's a good it's a good way of producing profit as well through make, making good players and selling them on. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a I don't think they I don't think it's a it's a disgrace like that that listener mentioned. But obviously, yeah, it's a good point.
0: Mm. No, and I think it's one of those things that I, I'm actually I, I do want to see them. I'm I'm happy with a lot of things that have been happening, but I do really want to see them put their hands in their pocket and look towards developing the academy and the U23 team because if that's the model that you pitch on, which is what they did, about sustainable growth, then you've got to really look at putting those foundations in to make it a sustainable club in that sense going forward because that's actually how you can make some money back and eventually, if you want to be in the championship, that's the sort of infrastructure you're coming up against. So... We don't want to be a team again with this sort of system we bought a lot of players in and then, you know, we're not developing any of our own players. We've been here before, haven't we? And let's be honest, the fans shouldn't be funding the academy through ticket donations, fan lottery, et cetera. It should be funded by the owners of the club who promised that they took over. So, you know, <clears throat> there's still time. So hopefully that'll that'll be, you know, all in good time. But yeah, I, I, I do genuinely think though that there needs to be more Less defensiveness on the idea that they're using the the method now because it's the right way to do it, not the fact that the money hasn't been put there or they haven't worked out how to do it yet or or whatever that is. That's a a better, more honest reason rather than trying to claim it's because they think it's actually a better model to loan players out to non-league and have no link between the two, um, which is obviously wrong in my opinion yeah i mean
1: yeah. i i do i i agree with you about the academy i do what i feel it's a good sustainable model but the um the the thing is you know the the eyes they come in they said that they you know they had a x amount of money they're gonna do this this and this you know they i'm guessing they can't this isn't me saying i agree about everything you said but it's not me saying like oh they're gonna do they're, they're trying to people on twitter will have a go and when we people said we didn't have enough ambition in the summer of the signings we made, which I think is ludicrous. You know, people said not spending enough money, etc. But then, you know, you can't make signings on the pitch, you know, for the actual playing squad and do the academy. I think the academy will come. I think it's a thing they're going to look at in the future. But I'm just guessing there's other issues at the moment that are at the forefront of their thinking. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's one of them. But I completely agree with you. I, I do think it's it's definitely something that needs to be dealt with sooner rather than later to start producing some actual talent that apart not we not just one player like Haji Minoga we need you know five or six Haji Minogas to come through in the next few years you know it's a good it's a good way of producing profit for the club so I I do feel it would come just feel people have to be a bit more patient sometimes.
0: Patient on Pompey Twitter what are you on about? Yeah I know yeah, and uh, anyway, so let's go to what some of the um listeners put in. Um Rob messaging, cheers Rob, your news now. He says, I think it's a case of wait and see, regards to you know, is he happy with the new signings? Seddon and McGeedon of obvious quality, but we only played two games both in the cup since we signed him. Fairchild strikes me as a strange one, given what I've seen of him, but I'm sure the scouts are paid to see something that I wouldn't. I think that's pretty much along the lines of what we've um what we said already. And uh, Shane replied to him and said, you're talking too much sense upon me, Twitter, mate. <laughs> so, no, I, th- I think I agree with everything Rob said there, to be honest. It is- it's always a case of wait and see, isn't it? So me and you can make our assessments now of the players that we that you know they've bought here. We can say you know how good they look in a game or so that they've played in and the quality they have. But, you know, proofs in the pudding, I suppose, because we look at Downing when he came in and I thought he was going to be a great signing for us as well.
1: Yeah, I mean when he came in i thought he'd be a solid league one centre half you know he was good for good for doncaster good for blackburn um i know we've been after him for a while but yeah it just hasn't it just hasn't worked out but are we going to move on to um cameron McGee as well yeah let's or- do that now mate oh, sorry right. okay, let's started. do that
0: let's do that let's do cameron McGee. What, what are you feeling about him
1: um, um when i saw the news on monday night i was ecstatic. I'm, i was ecstatic because he for me, well, every time I've seen him, he's been phenomenal against Pompey. He's got that attitude, he's got that bite, um, he's got that hunger. 24 years old, centre mid, can play number 10, can play um, can play one of the holding roles as well, box to box. He can be box to box if he wants to be. He's played in a good Luton side, he's played in a promotion winning champion uh, Barnsley side, who he was a pivotal part of that team and got player of the year for a few mm-hmm. fan clubs. So, yeah. League 1 team of the year I think he was league one team of the year mm-hmm. good footballer oh, it's an, it's a brilliant signing and it, and I'm going to say this now and you know it might annoy some people but any pompey fan that is holding a, 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 anything against him when he broke his when he broke his leg people need to remember he actually broke his leg at pompey you know they need to have a rethink they need to have a complete rethink of what they're actually thinking about because you know he's just the lad broke his leg at pompey he got a load of stick there was rumours he maybe said some stuff to the medical staff, but I'll, I'll let him off. He'd broken his leg. You know, he was absolutely gutted, out for the season. And for him to get some abuse, you know, it's football, but I'd, for, him, for that to be held against him now, as a Pompey player, you know, he could be key to, for, us this, for, for us in the second half of this season. He's an excellent acquisition at this level. And for Pompey fans to maybe potentially give him a hard time and make it harder for him because of what happened. I think uh, it, it's, it would be disgraceful. if It does happen, but he, you know, it's a top signing and I, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. As you can tell, I'm quite excited about it. <laughs>
0: no, so am I. I think any just touching on that, Sam, I think anybody who is holding a grudge on that is, you know, have you, I don't know if you've ever broken a bone seriously or something really painful, but I actually fell down the stairs once and broke my ankle on the way to a personal training session which is sort of comic i suppose looking back on it but my mum's my mum was there and she said that i made more fuss than she did giving birth the amount of pain i was in um (laughs) so i mate i've got all the sympathy as one breaking their leg especially when the whole crowd doesn't believe you've broken your leg and you know you're in absolute agony
1: the thing was as well was that the comments i saw on twitter were like oh he he abused medical staff etc etc he has just broken his leg Right, and everyone was giving him stick for not getting up, you know, and he was getting booed off. You know, it's in a high pressure environment. It was a big game; Luton v Pompey in League Two was a big game. He's getting it's a high pressure environment, and people are booing him. You know, the whole moment. Yeah, he might have been wrong at that moment, but for Pompey fans to hold it against him now is a disgrace. And some of the comments I saw on Twitter, I was like, "Is this for real?" We have got a, a, a quality signing at this level. We have fought off Cardiff, Charlton. Uh, there was another one, Stoke, for his signature. Okay, mm. and people was and people were going, "Oh, I'm still not forgiven. Uh, he needs to sort his attitude out. Still not forgiven him for for what he did at Pompey. That's that's a complete joke, and for for them to hold it against him, and that if that actually affects his play, I'm sure it won't. He's a professional. But say it did, you know, it's a real shame. It's a waste if you're going to actually have a go at a player for something like that that wasn't actually his fault, and it was. Bad from the Pompey fans, so I'll be. I'm really excited for this signing, and you know he fills a couple of positions well. Number ten, centre mid, box to box midfielder. You know, I think you tweeted it, or it might be someone tweeted it about Mark having Mark, Chris, Curtis and McGinn in the same team. You know, yeah. that's a that's a team that's a team full of. Um, I don't want to. Are we allowed to swear on here? I'm not sure, yeah, but yeah, a yeah. T- t- team full of shit houses. So you know they're gonna get they're gonna wind teams up. They're gonna they're gonna do everything possible to kind of make sure that they're on the right side of the ref and getting players wound up. And that's what Pompey fans like to see it. You know, only imagine if we had Nathan Thompson in there as well. God, that would have yeah. been, a, that would have been some, that would have been some, some, some team, but you know, I'm really excited for this signing and I can't actually wait to see him play.
0: No, same here. Um, the shithouse is creeping a little bit back in, isn't it? You see walks kicking the ball away the other day. And then, yeah. um, Coming back on, yeah, he said uh, never a never a yellow card. I thought that was quite funny. Uh, <laughs> round round. But yeah, no, no I, I mean I'm a, absolutely sadder. He's a natural number ten. He can play ten. I mean, you can also play centre midfield. He's got the work rate that I think will really really work with the, the Kenny Jacket system. The fact that he's not just a ten, who's just sort of you know got that flair and you know ability that Kenny Jacket might think is he defensively responsible enough and all this malarkey. He's got that as well in his game, isn't he? And he can play centre midfield as well. So, Jacket would like that versatility. I think he's got what the fans want and what Kenny Jacket wants in his in his locker.
1: Yeah, that, definitely so, what the fan. Definitely what the fans want. I definitely agree with you on that. The, the the fan he he will endure himself to the fans. You know, the fans love Curtis because of his work rate. Right, got my words. Because of his work rate, mm-hmm. they, they they love players who work hard. And Ben Thompson did it. McGee McGeehan's got that work rate that. He will endure himself for the fans, and you know it will it will work. I, I think this is a proper, it's a Pompey sign in this, and I'm I'm so excited to watch him play. And it's just that it does fill that number ten position as well. And we mentioned it earlier before we started, but I I'd love us to go for three three now because we've got that we've got that energy in midfield that could actually imagine Cannon McGeon, Naylor in midfield. I, I'd love us to see just play Naylor sitting <clears> and then have. McGeehan and Cannon in, in, just in front of him it's you know? so a so reverse just, triangle basically I've been fishing all season so obviously yeah. we play with two sitting and one in front I'd love us to flip it on its head and play one sitting and two in front because could you imagine McGeehan and Cannon obviously it's harsh and Ben Close but he's not that player who's going to get that, that energy that these two have imagine them two hounding the, hounding the players getting stuck in I, I, it, could be, it could really work and it did, it did. We played 4 3 3, funny enough, against Barnsley last year. I've mentioned it so many times, but we were brilliant. And we had Bryn Morris in midfield doing it. So for having these two in midfield, I'd, I'd actually love to see it. Um, will it happen? Probably not. But it will be interesting to see. Because for me, Cannon and McGeehan, This is going off what I've seen in McGeehan, he has to start because he's, he's, he's an excellent League One player. Who does who's he come in instead of? Because, you know. Close, it's, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Does he come in instead of close or in, instead of cannon? For me, cannon recent weeks has been good. I, th- I think he's, he hasn't really put a foot wrong since he's been in the side.
0: No, no, completely agree, mate. And the fact is that I think if you play that formation where you flip it, you just have Naylor holding and you actually push. Whether it's cannon or close, I'm not too too worried based on form is what I'd like to see um I think close actually has the ability to play a lot better in that formation as well because he gets the creative freedom to push forward and gets yeah. the creative freedom to take those chances be on the edge of the box make the little runs into the box as well you know close isn't really a de- an ideally defensively responsible player in that sense you know he can be but he needs to play with a bit more ability to go forwards rather than being sort of that player who sort of sits in my opinion and plays the ball sideways next to Tom Naylor so if he's given the ability to be able to push forwards with whoever it is and next to him McGee and Cannon or whatever I think he looks at the lot a lot better player Um, and I think Naylor's got the ability to play that role where he does drop and just you know covers the back four Um, even drops deeper into a back three, if you get the wing-backs pushed forward, which gives you that flexibility, doesn't it? Um, Just just to help cover, basically, when the wing-backs push forward. I I think we've got the making of a great team there if we get a centre-back. And, you know, there'll be a lot to be excited about. And if it is the fact that we're trying to get a permanent signing at centre-back, they do take a little bit more time than agreeing these loan deals that, let's be honest, they all talk about things before January anyway, don't they? They haven't just started chatting on January the first, and suddenly they've got all these players signing in you know in the last eight days they've been talking about this for a while and they've managed to get them in quickly when it comes to permanent transfers um it can take a little bit more time to get it to get the bidding war over as such and get it over the edge
1: yeah i mean yeah i mean if it, if it takes a bit longer but it means we actually signed a quality center half i would I'd, I'd be happy with that I mean look what we're looking for at the fixtures we've got Wimbledon at home which in all honesty, I do fancy us at home. I feel that it's a it's a, a game that we can win, even with Ragger at centre half. I think we can still win it. Um, so I don't feel that you know if we don't get a centre half by the weekend, which won't probably isn't likely. Um, I don't feel it's going to hinder us too much at the weekend. But and then obviously the week after we've got I think it's Bolton away. I believe. Uh, let's have a look. Bolton away the weekend after, and then the FA Cup, and then the. Uh, the game against Lincoln on the Tuesday night. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's a tough. Uh, you know, I, I'd like us to get a centre half for the Bolton game, the 18th of January, because the sooner one we get in, the sooner they can settle in, the sooner they can gel into our squad, and the sol- the more solid we will be. We we want to we want to score two goals to win a game every single game. You know. One no, nil, one, one nil is the best, best. I know it sounds boring, but one nil is the best result in football because you, you, you've done your jobs. Everyone's done their jobs, so you know it, it, it makes it easier. You know, if we have a proper centre half who can do a job and clean sheets start getting the clean sheets back in but yeah i don't think it's gonna be a huge issue, issue this weekend touchwood <laughs> now i said this wimbledon gonna turn us over but our home form mm. has been excellent are you joking
0: me me and me and you were just we'll preview that in a minute i just remember standing next to you um away at wimbledon me, oh, you and, james, me you and james robbins that stood as a three watching the game together and it was um it was comic we'll get on to that um let's go to what people are saying about it quickly um because i know what I've, i'm aware that we're already at over an hour now um Nick Quinn messages in. He said, "Tidy stuff from Kenny. Just need a centre back and to sell Pittman to Swindon." I think, I think Pittman will quickly touch on that. I don't know what you think, Sam, but I think Pittman deserves the opportunity to go out and and play football. And you know, with Doyle now leaving, being recalled from Bradford, I think it's a you know, possibly quite a good um, a good move for him. Although they yeah. Swindon do play a very up tempo pressing style of football, and I'm I'm a bit concerned that pitman he, he, might struggle there
1: he, he will he will score lots of goals at swindon um it, it this is because league two league two is not it's not a good league is it and and for me brett pitman i know people you know he's not got his he's got his fans and he's got his people who aren't biggest fans of him but when he if he if he leaves right for me he deserves a huge amount of respect because he's Goal scoring record for Portsmouth is actually it's ridiculous. It's he scored forty-five goals in we'll say two seasons because he actually hasn't played much this season. Forty-five goals in two seasons is, that, is
0: 99 it, appearances, I think it is.
1: 45 in 99. There you go. That that is an outstanding record at League One level. And you've got to remember the first season was it was a decent, it was a good standard in the league was a very good standard with Wigan, Blackburn, Charlton. Um Truesby had a very good season that year and he scored and he, he got 26 goals in that first season. He also, and then next, uh, last year as well, it was a good stand in the league with Barnsley, Luton. And he ended, he, you know, 45 goals in, in however many, in 99 appearances, is an outstanding record. No matter what anyone thinks of, uh, Brett Pittman, you know, they might not be his biggest fans, but when he does leave, he, you know, for me, he's been Pompey's best, one of Pompey's best strikers this decade. Definitely. Um, no, no, that record. You know, not many people come near that record. So he will he will go to League Two and he will score a lot of goals because League Two is 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 not up to much this season. So yeah, it'll be it'll be oh, it'll be kind of sad to see him go, but also it's the best thing for the club. It's the best thing for him, um, and it'll it'll be good to see him scoring goals again. Cause he definitely will, and and he always scores goals. He's even been scoring goals for us when he come on every now and then so he, he's one of the best finishes I've seen at Pompey in a long long time but for the club given the wages he's on you know is he actually his value the value with the value for money at the moment isn't it's not there so it's, it's probably a good move to get him out and if it frees up the wage bill for us to bring in a good centre-half then you know so be it but it yeah. will be sad it'll be a, it'll be an emotional day when he goes but you know, he, he served this club very well and I think it's just that time in his career where he's not going to get any better. So, you know, he's only going to get worse from here. So, it makes sense to move down a level and uh, I'd put money on him scoring 10, 10 goals for Swindon in the second half of the season.
0: All they need to do is get in the ball to tap it in. You know that like Pompey season where it was just feed the Pittman and he will score. Yeah, I think well, Swindon create a lot of chances so maybe they could just get well, him that, the that,
1: ball and tap it in, really. That, that's the thing. The, that The first season in League One, Pompey, without Pittman's goals, we would have I think we would have just stayed up as opposed to being just outside the playoffs. So it showed the, the difference he made. So yeah, it is one of them, but I, I will say if they, for me anyway, there's no, but I haven't seen a better finisher in a Portsmouth shirt. Uh, sit, well, trying to think since who who we've had, but definitely since the Premier League days, I can't remember a better finisher than Brett Pittman um, mm. that, that we've had. He, 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 if you put, give him the ball in the box, the ball is going in um, no matter who they're playing, so it is sad to see him go. Um, but yeah, value for money, we're just not getting it at the moment, so it and, makes sense.
0: And let's maybe just see if the if we know he's off, I'm not sure they were like this, but he's got 99 appearances. If we're beating Wimbledon, why not bring him on one for one for a minute or so and we can make that 100?
1: Make it, yeah, it would be nice, yeah. But obviously, mm. you know, whether whether the deal was all agreed, it seems like the Swindon thing's got some legs to it, so. I'd rather mm. him go to Swindon than Plymouth anyway because I know he's been to yeah. Plymouth. So I'd rather him go to Swindon because Swindon have seen Swindon have got the whole Pompey team from a couple of years ago. So it's like a get-together down there. But That's they, they, pl- they play some good stuff. So, yeah, I, it will be sad to see him go. But um, again, I've mentioned it. The value for money just is not there at the moment.
0: No, I think they've got some good links with the club as well, um, the two teams together. So it'd be nice. And I don't want to see him play for Plymouth. I just don't want to see him put a Plymouth shirt on particularly. Just no,
1: don't really like the club yeah i mean if they yeah. get a fee fee for him as well i know there's been rumors of actually someone paying for him that that would be that would be a good little bit of business i mean you know if it, only if it's like 50 mm-hmm. grand only if it's like 50 grand or something or 75 grand you know i think that's a good little bit of business to get some money back in
0: i know swindon have some money to
1: to spend, spend. yeah
0: yeah so who they, knows?
1: That, they need a replacement as well because obviously owen doyle this is his goal scoring record outrageous this season. So they need to, they need to, um, they need Best to praise him. Yeah, more than Lewandowski.
0: Mm, there you go. <laughs> he is, uh, unlike what William Hill said about Marquis, he is the League One, sorry, the mm. League Two Lewandowski. Yeah. Um, which is ironic considering how he played for Pompey. Um, let's just go back to what people have said. Um, Bazza, thanks for messaging in. He said two decent centre halves, please. Well, I think we can agree with that one. Um, Christopher Moat says very happy with the business so far. Said it looks fantastic, made an impact already. Uh, McGeehan will no doubt work his socks off, and I imagine Hackett Fairchild can't wait to prove what he can do. Get a solid centre back in, we'll be more than satisfied. Nice to see business doing er- done early. Everyone seems to be on the on our page here, Sam mate. Yeah, Darren um, Child messages in, cheers mate. He says centre back and sort out contracts with our players now. Do not want to lose good players for nothing? Surely learn to lesson from Ender Stevens and put money into the academy. Tell the owners not to tweet stuff like two games till the trophy match. Clown. Well, it's true, isn't it? I think everyone's got their opinion on the old checker trade, well, leasing, whatever it's called now, trophy. I'm just going to say on that basis, getting in a centre-back, obviously everyone knows that, everyone's happy for that. Resigning players, Ronan Curtis's contract is the one that sticks out for me. Brandon Houndstrip as well is out of contract. Um, there's quite a few players that we spoke briefly about last week who are out of contract in the summer. Um, I know Anton Walks potentially has an option um, to his contract runs out this summer, but the club have the option to extend that. So I'm not worried about him. But apart from that, I don't really understand this policy of not signing anyone until... The summer when you've got a player like ronan curtis who you know if he wants to sign you just got to sign him up haven't you
1: did the club do the club have another year optional curtis or no it? so it is just up this summer yeah right yeah no that, that is a surprising one actually I, I mean they he's definitely a player that you'd want to you'd want to um tie down to another two three year deal um i'm, I'm not sure what his eight I know sometimes given if they're a young player it sometimes goes to a tribunal if they go somewhere else so that might make that might be something I bet there might be some legs in that but I'm not too sure um, yeah no for me anyway they need to I'm sure they have had talks with Rowan and Curtis anyway to to make sure that there there is some sort of deal being done because um, you can't lose if we lose him on a free that just kind of defeats all the odd what we the the uh, owners have said about kind of signing young players and developing them. So that's what we've done with Curtis. We signed him and we've developed into a good winger. So yeah, for me, they can't they can't then lose him on a free transfer. Um, but he does love it in Portsmouth. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of agreement that he's going to sign soonish. But it does. I can see why they backbend to the talks because it does make it does have an effect sometimes. Um, Regards to their performance, like, like you know, if if a player's if he's gonna sign a new deal, if, it can affect how he plays sometimes, and they might have their mind at other stuff. So, but then it also swings <clears> roundabouts <throat> so They could they could be asking, like they could be looking at other clubs and seeing what they're saying. But for, you're right. If they get, you'd like to think getting stuff tied down early is probably the best best idea. But it's how the club's been doing it the last few seasons, and. Yeah, the end of Stevens is a, is a good example. Just look where he is now.
0: Mm, exactly. And when you look at the list of players, we haven't got time to go through it in full. We'll do this another time. But Brett Pittman, we spoke about. Walks has a club option for one year. This is according to transfer market, by the way. Um, Burgess's contract's up in the summer. Lee Brown's contract's up in the summer. Luke McGee, who we touched on, um, hashtag uh, free McGee um Oliver Hawkins up again Brandon Houndstrup and Ronan Curtis up so that's a quite a substantial chunk isn't it of players
1: yeah the the ones that stick out to me are obviously Curtis I'd say I'd say Curtis Houndstrup and Burgess really stick out to me just because I feel Burgess has been a great servant for the club Houndstrup I see some real potential there and obviously we all know what Ronan Curtis can do as well but yeah 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 that is that's a very good point I'm sure you don't have a podcast on it all but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it's, a, it's how the club have been doing it the last few years and it kind of comes around every now and then where you've got a group of players who are all out of contract so uh, I'm sure there have been discussions going on because they don't want to risk losing someone like Curtis on a free
0: no absolutely so you know let's hope there's a bit of news that comes out in the club because if you're not going to be able to sign him you need to sell him in January and you can probably get some money for him um, yeah yeah, so hopefully that that switches around a bit, right, mate? Let's, because we've already run over what I thought we we're going to do because the discussion's been so good. So let's go and preview the game against Wimbledon right now. Um, <laughs> let's hope, first of all, mate, that this is not a repeat of the game that we saw away at Wimbledon. I mean, obviously the home form is completely different. The team's in a different place. Um, in that game, I actually recorded a video of the Pompey fans shouting jack it out which then the news published and it was all at the height wasn't it of the the complete unrest and I'd say the vocal unrest I suppose um especially in the away support there times are looking a bit better at the moment things are settled down Wimbledon are an okay team their form hasn't actually been that that dreadful recently compared to um, to where they were if you look at the games they've played recently they've had a few wins and a few losses as well and they've all been fairly close as well um so you look they've got there they played that's not that's our stats not Wimbledon's here we are so they beat Doncaster Rovers 2-1 at home they lost away at Tranmere 1-0 they beat Bristol Rovers away 2-1 they lost 2-1 at home to oxford and then they drew 1-1 south end at the weekend <laughs> so yeah that it's only by a goal every game's only been by one goal and it, it in amongst that as well you've got the naft teams there south end etc tranmere but you've got teams like oxford bristol rovers and doncaster in that mix there they're all pretty good teams aren't they mate and the, so this team is not to be underestimated
1: no they've got that the guy up front who looked quite good, Force, I think his name is the guy known from Brentford. So he looked half decent.
0: Yeah, um, Marcus Force. He's the, yeah. He's
1: 11 goals this season, mate. Yeah, he's up for player of the month as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems to be in a good run of form at the moment. So he's probably one to watch out for. Um, but yeah, it's a game Pompey should be winning. Like, there's us not beat around the bush too much. Playing at home, but home form against a side low in the table like AFC Wimbledon, it's a game we should be winning comfortably. It, you'd like to think anyway. Um, but again, they have had some decent results. I mean, the, the one that sticks out to me is the Bristol Rovers one. That's a good win. Um, and obviously Doncaster at home, that's another good win. But also they've had some poor results as well. I mean, losing away at Tranmere that's not the, not the best, that's not a good result. And then Oxford away 2-1. I mean, you, you would have thought they, uh, Oxford at home, Oxford a good side. You think they could have maybe got a few more um but the for me the result is the one that happened last week one all against south end at home is is it is if you do not beat south end at home you've got issues and that 'cause we i saw how bad south end were and th- that south End are not they're not a league one side this this um this season they're they're nowhere near the standard so for them to draw one all against south end is a bit of a that that was a bit of a damning result last week that shows the the, the quality of the side they actually are they wouldn't, be, what, they
0: wouldn't be. in the top half of of league, of league Two. I don't think playing like they are, mate.
1: No, no, no. They, the, When I saw my front part, they were one of the worst sides I've actually seen. Full stop. It, like, they, there was nothing there. No cohesion. Nothing. It was like watching a load of. It was like watching a load of semi-pro footballers just kind of wander on a pitch and just try and kick a ball about. Um, and for Pompey to win four-one was was bad. It should have been seven or eight. You know that would have been a good result. So for them to draw one all against Southend last week, some very disappointing result from, Um They'll be looking to bounce back, but we've we, they've always been close games when we played them against at uh, Fratton Park anyway. And uh, I mean we we should we should be getting the win. Our home form has been excellent. We haven't lost at home since Peterborough at home in the end of last season. We've only lost twice at home that like the calendar year of twenty nineteen in the league so that that's a very good stat going for us and it'd be good to continue that, it'd be good to continue the kind of unbeaten run at home throughout the season I think that's a good little target it adds a bit more emphasis against playing at home keeps the players up for it um, but yeah I don't see any reason why we shouldn't get a comfortable winner against AFC Wimbledon on Saturday and also we've got um, some winnable games coming up after that in Bolton um, and Lincoln as well so there, there's three winnable games coming up, no tough tests in my opinion,
0: nine um, points needed, mate. There really.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd I'd say seven's acceptable. Maybe a draw at Wimbledon. Uh, uh sorry, uh, at Lincoln. Well, <coughs> uh, maybe, but yeah, nine, seven to nine points. Anything less than that is a real, real disappointment for me. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, no, it is nine points needed. And um, if we get those nine points, we'll be in the playoffs. There's no, there's no doubt in that. So yeah, nine points, nine to seven points for the next three games. And I'll be content.
0: And we know how um, close it is. Pompey had one point off Peterborough in sixth place and six points off Rotherham in second with a game in hand. So get those nine points and we'll start it at Wimbledon. Um, Wimbledon play a three-five-two system as well, which can be a bit tricky for Pompey breaking down um, with the three at the back. So it'll be important to get players forward and support with either Marquis or Harrison so they're not trumbling up front against three big players Beefy centre backs, which Wimbledon do have actually at the back, so we need to make sure we get forward, support them, and I think you know we can we can score quite a few goals if we're on form. Sam, what is your score prediction um, is for the game?
1: I'm going to go. We're going three 0 Pompey, and I'm going to go McGeehan to get on the score sheet in his first game.
0: You got him starting?
1: Uh, I. Yeah, I do actually. I think he's going to start. Uh, yeah, no, I think he will start. I, 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 think he's a quality player, and I think he's a, a player that I think that we've probably been after for a while. The fact that we got him from champ, we got him ahead of championship clubs. I think, yeah, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't start him, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him get on the score sheet as well. I think he's got the ability to, and I think it's a game where we can dominate the midfield if they're, they're playing a system where they've got wide men. Uh, three at the back, there's gonna be a lot of room in the midfield, so it's a good opportunity for him.
0: No, let's do it, let's do it. Okay, score.
1: Uh, sorry, three now,
0: three now. Yeah, I love that, mate. I'm gonna go two now. I don't think we should be conceding against Wilmot at home either. Two goals. Um, oh, yeah, who, sorry, quick question who's gonna start from Harrison,
1: uh, oh. P- uh, That's a tough one because obviously he's played marks the last few games. Oh, yeah. If you had to to say who would I bet on, I'd probably say Harrison up front just because they're going to be a physical side and and Harrison's physical himself. So that's why I I could see that happening. Okay,
0: cool. So I'm going to go with a goal from... I'm going to go Ronan Curtis to score a goal. And guess what? My man Christian Burgess is going to pop up at the back post and this time his goal is not going to be robbed from a setting corner. (laughs) <laughs> two now. What? Who, who's your scorers then, Sam?
1: Uh, I am going to go McGeehan, Harrison, and I will go for Curtis as well. Ronan Curtis. He won me some money the other week, so yeah, Ronan Curtis. Nice
0: one, nice one. Let me know what you are betting on, then, mate, so uh, I can I'll join tell,
1: in. I, I, no, this is this is one for everyone. Ronan Curtis is usually about usually around fifteen to eighteen to one to score two goals or more every week. And they mm-hmm. haven't they haven't they haven't logged onto it yet because for me he he always looks like he's going to score so I think it was at Rochdale away he, he got two so yeah eighteen to one for him to get two goals I think it's a good little bet
0: no definitely <laughs> look out for that people and if you um, if you lose a load of money on it uh, blame Sam
1: yeah don't yeah no it's the Pompey uh, P O forecast ooh, ooh, <laughs> not me. <laughs>
0: No, you can at me, at po Forecast. But Sam, thanks for coming on the podcast. Where can people find you? What's your details?
1: Uh, on Twitter, I'll always retweet when I'm going to go on Pompey Live with Jake. Um, and when I go on the uh, Football Hour with him as well. I I've dragged my dad on there the other night. That was a good laugh. So, he yeah, did well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if anyone... I, I'm trying to get in the press box a few more times. So, yeah, just listen to express fm that's probably where you'll you'll hear me or on here whenever hugh invites me on so yeah just just have a look out for me i'll be around
0: <laughs> and what's your twitter handle sam or have you already said that
1: oh uh, it's just sam stone yeah with two m's in the middle but yeah i'm sure there people you go would. there
0: yeah. you go there you go people right check sam out um, and everyone cheers for listening and until next time play up properly.